we've been talking about who is God. And, uh, you know, in order to really know someone, uh, you know their character, you know what they would do in a situation. And today in our society, a lot of people want to tell us who God is and what God would do. And really, even in the church, there are so many different opinions of what does God feel about this? And what does God like that now? Or, or I thought he didn't like that, but I understand he does like that. And the thing about this, you know, this scripture, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know, according to James, the Father God, there's no variableness with him. What does that mean? Y'all, y'all remember math? What's a variable? What's a variable? You put it in the equation and you get a different result. What is God saying? He's a constant. I said he's a constant. He has never changed. So if he didn't like it in the old covenant, he doesn't like it in the new. If he said something was a sin in the old, it's still a sin in the new. And really what you're going to find is, even in the new covenant, even the New Testament, you're going to find what the word of God says. And it really, it's an agreement. The things have changed. What has changed? Well, aren't you grateful we don't have to do animal sacrifices anymore? We have brand new carpet in here and that would be awful. But the, the truth is, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. How I many you know you don't have to offer up a sin offering anymore? You don't have to uh, do this. You don't have to get in sackcloth and ashes anymore. You don't have to do any of those things. Why? Because Jesus took that. Are you understanding? So if he took it, you and I don't have to have it anymore or we don't have to do it anymore. Right? Uh, you don't have to celebrate all the this and all the that because Jesus is all the this and all the that. Amen? But God's character has not changed. Jesus took the brunt, total punishment for all sin. All, all, he took all sickness, all disease, poverty. He, he became, he took, our, uh, he, he, he took our confusion and our mess so that we could have peace. But God is the same. And so today, um, I'm doing it. Someone I listen to a lot is really, and he's helping me, and I want to help you. I've been saying this for a while, but he gave it to me. Uh, I've been listening to someone, and he gave it to me in a greater articulation. This is the truth. You and I have to be very careful today that we don't think what we know about God. Traditions are handed down. And the Bible says it's the, your tradition that makes the word of God of no effect. Now, don't anybody get mad at me, but I have them and you have them. Passed down tradition in church. We heard a preacher say that we love, honor, and respect. You know, even my spiritual father could have been wrong once or twice. I doubt it, but he could have been. So I got to make sure that everything I think about God, I know about God from the word of God. I don't have a right as a born-again believer, as a disciple of God, to make up what I believe. If I believe it, I ought to be able to find two or three scriptures to say, this is why I believe that. Are you with me? I ought to go to the word first to form my beliefs, but because we're ever ongoing, we have beliefs. We came from somewhere. We need to look, why do I believe that? 
Is that really true? Or is it part true, part tradition? What does the word of God say? Why do we need to do that? Because it's the word of God that's the sword of the spirit that puts the devil on the run. And if you have part tradition and part word, you're, gonna, you're not going to make the devil move very quick. So how many, how many want the pure word of God? I don't know everything. You don't ever know everything. And we're ever learning, ever growing because we need the word of God. I don't feel like perishing today. Do you? The Bible says that my people perish because of a lack of what? A lack of praying in tongues? A lack of coming to church? No, a lack of knowledge. Where do you get knowledge? From the word of God. Knowledge about what? About God himself. About what he's done. And so with that, are y'all understand where I'm going? Because I want you to know him. Because God wants you to make him known. And how do we know him? We know him from the word. So if I know who he is, I know what he does. And so I just want to remind you of some things today. We're going to look at the names of Jehovah. We're going to see who he declares himself to be. And of course, most of these are in the old covenant. But how many of you know the old covenant is very important? Because that's what, it is still the word of God. It is still inspired of God. Be careful what you throw out. Be careful listening to people say, you don't need that anymore. I heard one preacher say, you just might as well not even read it. It's not important. That's just a bunch of baloney. And that's wrong. If Jesus quoted it, it's good enough for me. Amen. We got to be careful about the New Testament saying, well, that doesn't apply to me. How many know the word of Jesus? What he said is good for all of us all the time. Amen. So be careful. We need to be careful. And I, I mean, I'm being very careful about that because I think I was guilty of that sometimes. And I say this and sometimes people must understand me. Yes, our doctrine comes from the epistles, but the whole Bible is still good. I'm not throwing any of it out. Amen. Even Leviticus, Pastor Mark, even Leviticus. Some of it doesn't necessarily, we don't have to do some of those things, but I, I, I double dog dare you, is that all right? To go back and find some of those stuff, and even like the Ten Commandments. Say, so, well, we don't have to live, and we, we, don't, we don't have to practice them. But if you practice the two commandments, you'll practice all ten commandments. I don't know anyone who walks in love that's committing adultery. Neither do you. Even if that was their new soulmate. soulmate. Even the soul. Soul. Yeah, that was my spirit mate. Well, God can do that. But that's beginning together forever. Anyway, hallelujah. Y'all good? So who is he? He's Jehovah. Wow, what a name. Jehovah. You know, um, I don't know if everybody does it. I think you do. Um, did you ever look up what your name means? People, we do that. And, you know, if you're uh, getting ready to have a child, they still do it. You know, we're going to name her or him this. And it means, because there's a lot in a name. Just in case you want to know, my name means strong defender of the word. That's what Mark means. Hallelujah. Interesting. So, Jehovah. It comes from the verb to be, and it's a covenant name of God expressing personal relationship. It is always compounded, you know, when they compound the word to show us specifically who God bees and what relationship he offers. 
Now, um, I found this somewhere, and I didn't double-check it because I didn't have time, but Jehovah appears 5,321 times. That's a lot of times. Now, we're going to look at a few of the Jehovah's, but I found one list where there were over 100 names of Jehovah something, and most of them I can't pronounce. And so we look at a few and call, think that's all there is, but there are really many. And so you would have to go back to the original and read it or just get, a, get something. Um, and, and so the one list I found were 100, and, I, and it was scripture reference, and it's pretty cool. Where God just goes out and says, I am Jehovah this. And this is what, I found one because I, I really liked it. Remember in Deuteronomy where I said that God is a jealous God? That is Jehovah and a name. But I couldn't pronounce it, so I didn't bring it. Hallelujah. But I'm just telling you, Jehovah and a name. And so we know the few names, and I'm just going to go over the few that most of you know, but I want to remind some of you, and I want you to receive God this way today. I want you to think, this is who you are. My father, this is who you are to me. And if you know him this way, then you will receive from him this way. So let's just get into it. Number one, he's Jehovah Shammah, which means in Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35. And it says, the name of that city shall be the Lord is there. The Lord is there. The Lord is there. So everybody say, he is Jehovah Shammah. That means wherever you go in life, God is there. That means whatever you do in life, God is there. Whatever trouble you're having, God is there. Whatever you need from him, God is there. He's always, God is there for you. Amen. Genesis 28, 15 says, and behold, I'm with you. Genesis 28, 15 says, behold, I am with you. I will keep you in all the places where you go. I will bring you again into this land. I will not leave you. Until I have done that which I've spoken of you, everybody say, God will never leave me. Are you sure about that? Hebrews 13, chapter, uh, chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And it's interesting to me, and I don't know if I'm going to have time to do it all the time, but there's an old covenant reference and there's also a new covenant reference. God has not changed. From the very beginning, he said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be there for you. I'm just a call away. Hallelujah. I'm just a help away. He said he'll always be there. Amen. Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 20. I am with you always. He said, I'm with you always. Always means always. So anytime you feel like saying, I don't know, I don't feel God. Where is God? Where is God? You need to understand he is Jehovah Shammah and he is always there. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. Where is God? Where is God at in my situation? I don't feel him. I don't see him moving. Listen to me. You don't have to see him moving to know that he is moving because he's right there and he's doing what he said because he is Jehovah Shammah and he can, he can only keep his name. Once he puts it out there, that's who he is to you. Come on. He, he could swear by no greater, so he swore by himself. And anytime he gives you a name, Listen to me. You know what? If we had the time, it would be worth looking up every 100 of those names because it means the same thing. He, he wants to be there for you. This is who I am to you. That's what he's trying to say. This is who I am to you. 
I want you to receive me this way. This is who I am to you. And he's there in every situation. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. What's another one? Jehovah uh, Saboeth, the Lord of hosts. Psalms 24.10. Psalms 24.10. Who is the king of glory? Well, I can just stop right there. I like that one. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, other scriptures say, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Now listen to me, the Lord of hosts, what does that mean? He's the captain of an angelic army. How many of you know there are angels? And they hearken unto the voice of the word of God. So he's saying to you, listen to me, I got you some help. I've got you some help. Um, I have a whole host of angels, uh, an angelic army that are ready to help you. Hallelujah. Uh, the NIV says in 1 Samuel 1.3, 1 Samuel 1.3 in the NIV says, um, okay, maybe that's not the one I want. The Lord Almighty at Shiloh, that, that word Lord Almighty means Lord of hosts. That it was right. The Lord Almighty means the Lord of hosts. So are you grateful that, that there are, uh, that, that he has an angel army? Psalms 34, 7. It says, the angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him and deliver him. The angels of the Lord camp round about those who fear him. Uh, Psalms 91. Are you grateful for the angels that camp round about you? In the hour we live in, we need angelic help. Well, I, I don't know if they're real. I've never seen one. Well, you've never seen the Lamb's Book of Life, but you believe in that, don't you? You've never seen heaven, but you believe in that, don't you? The same thing. You don't have to feel an angel. You don't have to talk. Please don't talk to angels unless one shows up and asks you a question. Uh, don't seek after angels. You're not, the, you're not bossing angels around, but they're hearkening into the voice of the Word of God. Your job is to speak the Word of God, and angels will work on some stuff. Amen. I'm so grateful for the times that we've been protected. Angelic help. I don't know. This story comes to mind, I guess, because we were close over there. I was thinking about it. Um, we went away just for a day over to the Shoals and uh, I was coming back and I was thinking about, we were on a road there. I remember going to Walton's restaurant, um, this two lane road. And um, we were, we were going to get some possum pie or something. I don't know. Uh, if you've never been there, you need to get it. Anyway, so, uh, but we were driving, and it's a two-lane road, and a semi came over head on to us. And uh, I think we shouted Jesus, and um, it was in our lane, and then it just wasn't. We didn't hit it. And we circled back because I was like, I don't know how that just happened. We went, and to the right, because I'm a pretty good driver. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to take any credit. Um, uh, but when we went back, the exact location was there was a gully, a big ditch, like huge ditch. And so I didn't drive in it. I'm just telling so some of that kind of stuff you go, huh. I can't prove there was one, but I'm sure grateful. Well, you know, I've gotten in wrecks before, and, and I still got in a wreck. Well, are you here? 
Are you here? Well, why didn't the Lord spare my car? Well, maybe there was nowhere for me to be spared except for to drive through that semi-truck. I don't know. So, oh, that's crazy. I know. Hallelujah. Well, I don't believe that. That's on you. I don't care. Hallelujah. <laughs> that didn't sound nice. Um, I still don't. Anyway, Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi means the Lord, our banner over you is victory. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 15, Moses built an altar and named it, uh, the Lord is our banner, Exodus 17, 15. And so what does that mean? That means the Lord uh, is fighting for you. Exodus 14, 14, it says the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. In 2 Chronicles 32, 8, it talks about how the people rested uh, themselves upon the word of Hezekiah the king. What does that mean? The Lord will fight our battles. Now listen to me. God is fighting your battles. You still have to speak the word of God. And stand still here. We always look at that one. Stand still and see the salvation of your Lord. But you stand still, meaning it's not your physical activity that's going to win. But you still got to speak the word because God's got to be able to send angels. He's got to be able to do things off of your word. It's not that you're going to do nothing, but you don't have to uh, physically fight in this battle. You don't have to physically fight this, but you speak the word of God and he is going to fight your battles. Hallelujah. He's going to, and he wins every time. The battle is the Lord's. Me, and sometimes in that and in singing those songs sometimes, people think, well, all I got to do is do nothing and I'll just sing this song. No, you sing the song, but you've also got to speak the word. You got, this is how I fight my battles. How do you fight my battles? I'm going to use the word of God, the sword of the spirit. You've got to fight. It's called the good fight of faith. But as you're fighting the good fight of faith, he is Jehovah Nissi. His banner over you is what? Victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. He always causes me to triumph. How many times? Why? Because he's Jehovah Nisi. He likes to win. Jesus won the battle. I tell you all this all the time. The only time you're going to lose in life is if you quit. Come on, it's never over until you say it's over. Hallelujah. You're the home team in your battle, and you keep on playing until you win. Somebody needs to hear this, because I know some of you heard it for 30 years, but it's a few. Uh, we played baseball in my front yard with the neighborhood kids. It was my bat. It was my ball. It was my, it was my field. And sometimes there were four strikes <laughs> when I was up to bat. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there were not three outs, just depended. I was the oldest. It was my house. It was my rules, my ball, my bat. I won. <sighs> so that's wrong. I don't care. Hallelujah. The truth of the matter is with God, he's already given you the victory. Come on, don't settle for defeat. I'm not going to quit. Let's not quit. What does quit mean? Quit means what I, I you know, that's, that's you fold, throwing in the towel. I quit. I quit. Or people quit this way. Well, Lord, I'm just going to leave it in your hands. Whatever happened, whatever case, sera, sera. Well, I just, I just believe. 
Whatever is meant to be is meant to I believe things just happen for a reason. I know, I know, don't get quiet, too quiet on me. Everybody says that one. What does that mean? Well, I don't understand it, and I don't have the strength to fight. I'm just not going to, I just believe everything happens for a reason. And usually they give it in sports all the time. I just heard it the other day. Well, I just believe everything happens for, yeah, the reason is the other team was better than you. (laughs) She practiced harder than you did. Don't get into those kind of sayings. Why are those sayings poisonous to you? Because it's you relaxing, you just letting whatever will be, will be. And everything, if everything was just meant to be, well, I just believe God's in charge of everything. Really? Did he make you brush your teeth today? Did he tell you what clothes to wear? Did he tell you whether you went to McDonald's or Burger King or Starbucks or Dunkin'? Or you had your own eggs? No. Everything is not pre-planned that way. What, what, what in the world are we doing on this? We're talking about Jehovah Nisi. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? So it's a, you, you have to know him as these things so that you can enforce these things. If you're going to win the battles of your life, you've got to know you can't just go like this. Everything to happen, well, how am I going to make it happen? I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to speak God's word. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Amen? Well, pastor, I thought you believed in predestination. Oh, I do. I believe that God predestined, preordained a good path for your life. And in the battles of your life that are on that journey, he is Jehovah Nissi, and he will cause you to win. Now, I know this is not always popular. There are some battles you were ordained to fight. Let's ask David and Goliath. That fight that he had with Goliath propelled him. But there were other battles that he was supposed to fight that he decided not to go. Remember, it was the time of the kings to be out at war, and he was looking at Bathsheba and got into trouble. And then he started having to manipulate things, and he got into bigger trouble and ended up killing one of his best friends to cover a lie. All I'm saying is that, yes, he is prearranged, preordained for you a good life. That, means you, that doesn't mean you sit back and do nothing. That means when the battles of life comes, he's Jehovah Nisi. He will cause you to win every time as long as you don't quit. Are you all with me? Hallelujah. All right. Let's keep going. He is Jehovah Shalom. You all like this one? I like this one. Shalom. You all know what Shalom means. Judges chapter 6 verse 24. Judges chapter 6 verse 24. He is our peace. He is our, then Gideon built an altar there under the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day, it is, is yet in Oprah uh, of Abbey, Azarites, or whatever. But um, listen, uh, he is your peace. Are you grateful that he's your peace? Remember, even Jesus, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Remember what Jesus said. He said, my peace, I leave you. Not as the peace the world gives, but his peace. So God wants you to have peace. So right now in this crazy world, you need to invoke the fact that he is Jehovah Shalom. Amen. He is Jehovah. He is my peace. 
And so whenever confusion comes, whenever there's disturbance, wherever there's, 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 there's problems, uh, whenever you um, sense things are getting um, uh, confusing or chaotic, then you just need to call on Jehovah, uh, uh, Jehovah Shalom, Lord my peace. Remember even Jesus used peace as a weapon. You know, I hear people say that, um, you know, the, talking about the armor of God, that peace, is, uh, the shoes of peace are just, uh, 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 you know, they, they don't really say much about them. But really, Jesus used peace as a weapon. What did he say to the storm? Peace, be still. If you notice, um, I have a great revelation of that because of my life in times past. When I, before I knew God, my life was totally chaotic and messy. I used to, um, I used to couldn't sit with myself. I had to have a radio on back in the day when you listened to radio. I had to have the TV on. I had to have noise all the time. I couldn't sit with myself until after I got, uh, came back to the Lord and got filled with the Holy Ghost. I could find myself. I could actually sit and think on nothing. It's a gift, and nobody can take it from me. What's, what are you thinking about? Nothing? That's impossible. No, I can do it. I can. I can do nothing. Why? Because my life used to be such chaos, I, I couldn't stand to be with myself. But then the peace, the Prince of Peace came. The Prince of Peace came. He's always been Jehovah Shalom. He always will be Jehovah Shalom. Jesus walked in that when he was on the earth. And right now, you and I need Jehovah Shalom in our life. You need to be led by peace. It's chaotic out there. There are many voices. People say, you got to do this. You got to believe that. You got to be this way. You got to da 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 da. You got to get involved in this. You got to stand up. You got to da da da. You got to da da da. And you can get going somewhere, but you need peace and being led by peace. And then when the storms of life arise, you minister peace. A lot of times when I'm in a prayer line and I sense somebody that's, that's really having a hard time with that, I'll speak peace to them. And it's tangible. Because Jesus, why is it tangible? Because Jesus said, My peace I leave. His peace is here. And you can get it by meditating the word. But you can also get it by speaking it. And you can get it um, some, by anointing. And that anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. What is that yoke of bondage? Well, a lot of times that bondage causes chaos and problems, but peace. But now after you get delivered, after you get changed, then you got to meditate on it. And you got to learn to walk in it and make decisions by it. And it's a great place to be. He is Jehovah Shalom. Shalom. I think I called him Shama again. Shalom. Everybody say Shalom. And remember, that's just how they greet people. Shalom. It's peace. It's prosper. It also means prosperity. Hallelujah. Everybody say it again. Shalom. I just like the way that sounds, don't you? Y'all like this one? He is Jehovah Jireh. We like that one? Y'all know that one, don't you? He is God my. 
He is God my? Hallelujah. Genesis 22, 14. Genesis 22, 14. Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh as to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And you know, uh, so where was Jehovah Jireh? It was the ram caught in the thicket. Hallelujah. God will provide. Even that he, he told his son, God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. You don't have to be stressed out today because God will provide. God has provided. It's interesting that Jesus, one of the things that he did when he was on the earth, he went about doing good. That word good, we just say it's good, but that word good really talks about uh, his, um, uh, he just went about blessing people, helping people everywhere he went. Uh, He went about doing good. And then what I love about him is he went about doing good. The first first miracle he ever did when he turned water into wine, then, then also when he turned the loaves and the fish, you know, the little crackers and the fish, into feeding the multitudes, what was he doing? He was showing forth Jehovah Jireh. When he was on the earth, he was showing forth Jehovah Jireh. It's interesting to me that most people in the body of Christ, they don't believe in Jehovah Jireh until they need him to be Jehovah Jireh for themselves. Otherwise, no, he, he doesn't do that anymore. He always has been and he always will be a provider. And I'll just throw it in if you're new here, because I know a lot of churches don't do this anymore. You're always going to get there's a five. Uh, I give them five to eight minutes. Um, yeah, thereabouts five to eight minutes to tell you what the word of God says about Jehovah Jireh, about prosperity, about giving and receiving. Why? Because, because the Lord has so much to say about it and I need you to have faith. I don't want you just to give money. You're not given to a country club. You're not given to an organization, you're given to God. And if you're gonna do that, you need faith to do it so not only you can give, but you can receive. I believe and I know that he is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for you in abundance. He's proved it in the garden. He's proved it in his life when Jesus walked on the earth. He went about doing good. He went about doing good. He multiplied the bread. He multiplied the fish. He caused Peter to get a boat sinking load of fish so that him and his partners, Pastor Belinda brought this out probably could live on the entirety of it while they serve the Lord for those three and a half years. That's a pretty good haul that'll keep you and your family for three and a half years and all your partners. He is good. Yeah, let's say it. Say Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. He's my provider. Woo, hallelujah. Is he serious about this? Listen, he, even in the New Testament, I like this scripture. Uh, he said, you're talking to us, the body of Christ. He said, if you don't provide for your own, you're worse than an... See, you all know that, right? I mean, you know, that's... New, that's what, what's the point? He doesn't like it when you and I don't provide for our own. He says, if you don't do that, you're an infidel. In other words, you're a denier of the faith. I don't, I, I don't take kindly to that. Who do you belong to? Who are you sons and daughters of? Who are you sons and daughters of? This is not a trick. Are you sons and daughters of God? Do you think he's going to let us or anybody call him worse than an infidel? He said, if you don't provide for your own, are you his own? Yeah, I backed you into that one. I know. Are you his own? Is he going to provide for you? He is Jehovah Jireh. 
He is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for you. Jesus, in 2 Corinthians 8 9, became poor that you could become rich. And I know some people don't like that word. And so I know some people don't like it. But you're going to have to say it anyway. Everybody say rich. What does rich mean? It's an abundant supply. Did he say he was going to make you a zillionaire? It didn't say he's going to make you a zillionaire. He said he's going to make you rich. An abundant supply. Really, I think you set that. Not uh, You and him set that. Not everybody's the same, but an abundant supply is abundant supply. Jesus became poor. It was their decision. It was, it was the Lord's decision. It wasn't your decision. You can either walk in it or not. That's between you and God. Well, it's not the most important thing. Well, you know, it's one of the top three that Jesus did when he was on the cross. I don't know how you can say it's not important. You telling the Lord you don't know what he's doing? He took your sin, he took your sickness and disease, and he became poor that you could become rich. It was a big deal to him, so you belittling it is belittling what he did. Now, well, pastor people get off on that. Well, people get off on everything. You know, I've watched people, and i got to watch it myself because the Lord deals with me about it. You know, I heard from my big brother in the faith one time. His name is Mark Bersie. Some of you know him, some of you don't. I call him my big brother. Brother Hagin's my father in the faith, but Mark Brzee is like my big brother in the faith. I haven't seen him for a while. Um, but um, I remember something he said. There was a small group of ministers, and this is what he said to us, and it really branded on me. He said, don't ever teach against something. In other words, when even, even when something needs corrected, don't teach against it. Teach for something. In other words, the truth dispels darkness. The truth gets rid of error. You don't have to correct error by calling it error. You just, pre- you just preach the truth. And light dispels darkness. Amen. Well, there's a lot of error about finances. Have some ministers gotten off? Sure. Have other people gotten off? Sure. But you and I don't have to get off. How do we keep with the word? By hearing the word. He is Jehovah Jireh. You can't change that. You're too late. He decided that. And Jesus became poor so that you could become rich. You can either receive that or not receive that. That's on you. But you can't change it. You can't change it. I decided to walk in it. Are you going to walk in it? Are you going to walk in it? Woo, hallelujah. Aren't you glad he is a provider? Everybody say, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Ra or Roy. Each one, there's two different places. Ra or Roy means he's the God, our shepherd. He's the God, our shepherd. How do you know what a shepherd does? He watches out over us. What is Jehovah, whatever. Jehovah, the hundred different names. What is that? He's saying to you, I am and I will be this to you. I will be your provider. I will be your peace. I will be with you wherever you go, whatever you do. I am Jehovah Shammah. I am. I am Jehovah Ra. I am your shepherd. How many know then Jesus in the New Testament, what he just out and out said, uh, I'm a shepherd. How many know Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd. Right? He wants you to know what does a shepherd do? He protects the sheep. What does the shepherd do? He watches over the sheep. Jehovah Ra, Jehovah Roy, what does that mean? That means um, I'm going to watch out over you. 
I'm going to help you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to keep the wolves away from you. I'm going to keep those things away from you that will harm you. I'm going to get you to green pastures. I'm going to get you to still waters. I'm going to cause goodness and mercy to follow you all your days. I'm going to watch out for you. I'm going to protect you. The Lord is our shepherd. I know the voice of the good shepherd. He is our shepherd. He loves us so much that if one of us go away, he'll go out and get us. He, he doesn't say, like a lot of people say, well, that's their decision. That's their problem. You know, that's on them. You made your bed hard. Now lie in it. He's going to follow you. He's going to look out for you. Now, don't run away. Don't go away from God. But I'm, I'm telling you, he's never going to give up on us. And we shouldn't give up on people either. Hallelujah. He's the Lord, your shepherd. Amen. Glory to God. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, Jeremiah 23, 6. In his day, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Deuteronomy 32, 4. I love me some Deuteronomy. He is the rock. His work is is perfect. We looked at that. For all his ways are judgment and God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Everybody say God is right. How many times is God right? He's always right. How many times are you wrong? Don't say always, but how many know if God's right and you disagree, you're what? Let's try it again. God is always, if you disagree with God, what makes that, what, what are you? And so who should change? So what's happening though today is, is they're wrong and they have to get a new God to be right. And what do they do? Manipulate the scripture to prove they're right. But see, the end of their ways is always going to be death because you can't change the word. You can't change God. God is unchanging. Praise the Lord. I want to jump ahead like five, six weeks because I know where I'm going, but I'll give you a little preview because I've been stirred. Um, when Jesus was on the earth, what did he preach? Today, if you listen to everybody, they'll say he preached love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And don't anybody answer, is that what he preached? We'll find out in a few weeks. What I'm saying is everyone's working hard to form God in their likeness and their image. There's a new Jesus out there, not the one of the Bible. And you and I are not going to fall trapped to that. Because the Bible says in the last days, people with itching ears will draw the ministry after themselves so that the ministers can have a crowd so that they can preach what the itching ear people want to hear. And it says in the end, and I never would, I, you know, I believe all the word of God. But when it said in the end, even the very elect 
will be deceived. I thought, how in the world could that be? But I've watched it with my own eyes in the last five, six years. People changing their mind and their heart on what is right and what is wrong. We don't have to be critical. We don't have to be hard to get along with. But you and I have to be sure about what the word says. And understand that God has not changed. Who is he? Well, he's Jehovah Sidkenu. He's always right. And when I disagree with him, I'm wrong. And if I want to get in the back of it, how can two walk, Amos 3 and 3, how can two walk together unless they do what? Agree. He's right. He's righteous. He's a rock. He's a just judge. He's faithful in fulfilling his promises. Um, he is upright in all of his ways. Psalms 145, 17, the Lord is righteous in all of his ways and holy in all of his works. How you know, then the whole, a lot of the New Testament is that uh, he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I could do what? Become righteous. He is a righteous God who wants us to be righteous so the two of us can walk together in agreement. He is Jehovah Sidkenu. Let's end with this one. Because I think I just saw out of my peripheral vision, I saw my keyboard player. There he is. (laughs) Jehovah Rapha. God doesn't just heal occasionally. If you can talk him into it, it's who he is. He is Jehovah Rapha. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what is right in his sight and will give an ear to his commandment and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought to the Egyptians. For I am... The Lord that healeth thee. Psalms 107.20. Psalms 107.20 says, He sent his word and he healed them. He sent his word and healed them. 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. Jesus bore our sins on the tree on the cross. That we being dead to sins could do what? Jehovah Sidkenu. By whose stripes you were healed, Jehovah Rapha. All throughout the word of God, the old, the new covenant, God is saying, this is who I am. Hallelujah.